Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today on the St. Patrick's Day. Special day. I'm wearing my green. And St. Patrick, as you may or may not know, it's not a day to just go out and drink beer or celebrate being Irish. What it is, St. Patrick had been a slave, mistreated terribly in Ireland, escaped, but we went back. He'd been on, he went back, he had a heart for those that he'd, who had mistreated him. He'd had a heart for those who he had known back there. When he became a Christian, he went back, he became a missionary. He went back to save those whom he had been with before. So appreciate and enjoy and understand this meaning of St. Patrick's Day. And this really relates to today's message because I'd like to introduce you to a good friend of mine, Dr. Rich Sepleta. And Rich had been, not only he had been a professor at the University of Georgia, but not only that, he was a, uh, he's in the psychology department teaching neuroscience, but not only that, he was also the faculty advisor for the University of Georgia Atheist Club. And he was involved, shall we say, fairly aggressively in promoting the idea of atheism. Well, God worked in his life in some ways relationally and intellectually and crossed his path with some people who had some answer for him. God intercepted him, shall we say. And in, in, uh, through a journey, Rich ended up becoming a Christian. And now he's in this unique position of having known what the other side and the worldview of atheism is really promoting versus the worldview of theism that honors God. In our culture today, we talk about this division that we have of, you know, everyone's concerned. Our nation's divided, and we're thinking primarily politically. But it goes far deeper than that. It is a fundamental, the fundamental divide in America today really has to do with a theological position of is there a God or is there not? Do we honor God as a people or do we not? What is the religion of America? Is it going to be theism, honoring God, or is it going to be secularism, atheism, agnosticism, hedonism, etc., etc.? He's going to talk about that in a minute. So I'd like to introduce you to uh, Rich. Like I said, he's been on both sides. I think he's got some insight to share with us, and then I'll be back to pray after it. So Rich, step on in here. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's such a joy to be with you this morning. And uh, as Tom said, I have been on both sides of this great ideological divide um, that is it's so prevalent on campuses. I was thinking this morning, you know, just for a few minutes, what would you talk about? And the, just the idea that ideas have consequences, uh, consequences for the individual, the trajectory of the individual's life, how that person is going to live their life, but also uh, for society as a whole. Now, like it or not, the reality of the matter is that we, we now live in a post, uh, post-Christian society, a post-Christian culture. Uh, that's not something to develop a defeatist mentality about. Uh, rather, the challenge really is quite to the opposite, you know, to, I would say, saturate the campuses with truth. Um, and if you can't saturate, then you seed, right? You seed the campus with truth. And so that's really the objective of our ministry. I like what um, Francis Schaeffer, the great apologist of last century, said. 
he called, uh, he referred to the truth of God as true truth, uh, objective truth, not my truth and your truth, but what really is real, what, what reality really is all about. And of course, as Christians, we know this has been revealed by God. It's been revealed in nature. It's also been revealed um, in what we call, uh, you know, of course, the scripture, the word of God in, in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. So this is true truth. Uh, the universities, I was thinking this morning, uh, you know, the, the Petri dish analogy. They're kind of Petri dishes of bad ideas. And I'm not going to get into all of those, um, but just a few of them would be sort of uh, the evolutionism idea, uh, the mentality that evolution explains origins. Um, a, really a big one is the denigration of the Bible. And what a, what a paradox or uh, interesting turn of events that represents, because as many of you are aware, the great universities and colleges of America, uh, the big names, you know, your Harvard universities, your Yales, uh, on down the list, uh, were founded as institutions to train pastors, to train clergymen. Uh, they were founded very much so on the word of God, and of course, what an inversion of that we see today. Um, a little anecdote here. I have a daughter who is, my oldest daughter, Annabelle, who is 20 years old now, is a student at the University of Georgia. She's a sophomore. And uh, she didn't consult me. I wish she had, because I may have given her different advice. But she decided to take this semester as one of her elective courses, um, a class that's called Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Uh, in the religion department. And uh, what, of course, when I heard that, I, I kind of prepped her for some of the stuff that she would hear. Well, I was sitting at home working on my computer. She comes in second or third week of class this semester, and she says, Dad, guess what we learned about in class today, in my religion class? And I said, well, what's that? She said, well, we learned that Moses uh, probably didn't exist as a real historical person. He probably was an invention, and he didn't write... Genesis through Deuteronomy. Uh, several authors did, several redactors did over centuries of time. And of course, I wasn't surprised. I, I told her I, yeah, I'm very familiar with that theory and idea. But it gives an example of why so many of our young people come into the university uh, believing in God uh, with, with a faith, with very often a Christian faith. And I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 or 80 percent of those who enter uh, the university professing to be believers uh, will exit the university with some, some sincere questions. Many of them have completely jettisoned their Christian beliefs at that point. So the task is cut out for us, I would say. You know, Tom's ministry, the, the motto, taking it to their turf. Uh, what a great example. This, this is the Great Commission, right? This is what Jesus commissioned uh, his apostles and disciples to do. Go and make disciples. Go and teach go and preach the gospel, stand for truth, plant your flag. Uh, there are a lot of ways to do that. You know, what God has called Tom and I to do, he has not called everyone or even most Christians to do, uh, to be a, a, a public clarion uh, of the gospel. But he is calling Christians to reach into the world around them, to reach individuals, family members, uh, neighbors, people we run into day to day. And so our mission is there on the college universities and campuses. Uh, so, you know, we need a lot of prayer. We need people. That, what can you do? Well, prayer is probably 
the most significant thing. I know that's, that can almost sound cliche. Please let me challenge you uh, to push beyond the cliche of please, please pray for us and, and please pray for us, okay? Um, it's easy to get discouraged. It can be easy to, um, to, to develop more of a, an us versus them and, and see the wrong people as our enemy. The, the students, the professors with the bad ideas, uh, these are not our enemies. We know who our enemy is, right? The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the heirs. He is the one who brings these philosophies and spreads them. That is the enemy of our souls. We need a lot of prayer. This is real spiritual warfare. It's a real spiritual battle. And so just thank you guys so much for you know tuning into Tom every day, getting, uh, taking in truth, and also just standing behind those who go out. Uh, appreciate you, and uh, I hope to meet some of you one day. Well, thank you, Rich. I appreciate Rich so much, and uh, you know, there's so much we could say. Rich does bring a a rare combination of, like I said, understand. He's been on both sides of this intellectual battle of is there a God, is there not, and why. He's he's delved deep into this question because you know part of what was part of his salvation testimony is these students, these the other atheist students at the university would ask him, Dr. Saplita, how do we answer the Christian students who are witness, witnessing to us? And they're telling us this, or they're saying this. And as he searched for answers to try and give them, he began to realize that their side, the side of atheism was actually intellectually bankrupt. It didn't have the answers. See, this is the narrative that's false is that atheism is a more intellectual and smarter way of looking at life. And he, as he tried to prove that and demonstrate that and teach kids how to say that, he realized that's not true. And it takes humility because, you know, atheism really is based on pride, pride against God, and takes humility to acknowledge we don't have the answers. And as he did that, that was part of his journey that caused him to look anywhere else. I enjoy, his, he shared his testimony with the students here at Florida last night. And I enjoyed one line where he said he began to believe there's got to be some higher power, some sort of God out there. He didn't know which one it was. He was just sure it wasn't the Christian one. And he was hoping it wasn't the Christian one. And as he pursued further, he came, he came to realize it is the Christian one the evidence being the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's quite a story, and the students really love hearing it. And I pray that God will bless Rich. He's a younger man than me. I pray that he he has a great future on our campuses, out battling for what's true. I say again, our religion isn't based on faith. It's based on the truth. And our universities today, truth is kind of, uh, they say we're post-Christian, we're post-truth as well. There's, there's a, it is a petri dish of ideas and all kinds of things. Oh, it's amazing what people say. And how do you keep up with it all? Well, you get back to the rock of, of our salvation, Jesus Christ in the Bible. I would like to encourage you with Rich. If you'd like to check out his website, I've posted it in the description below. It's simply askaformeratheist.com. And if you go there, you can find some of his testimony and you can find some of the things that uh, some of the arguments that he makes, helping un people who are struggling with the idea of the existence of God, which is very widespread today, find answers. And I'd also like to say, if you'd like to support Rich and his ministry, he works with TSCM. So just go to our website, tomthepreacher.com, 
click on the give button at the top, follow the different prompts, make your how much you'd like to give and and direct it towards Rich and that goes to his account as he raises support for his what he does in ministry. Okay? Lord, we want to thank you today. I want to thank you for a guy like Rich who is a trophy of your grace. Father, he was once fighting with you. He was once fighting against you. He was once trying to lead people astray. And how, Lord, in one sense, it would have been so appropriate of you to have simply, you would have said to him in one sense, it could have been easy to say, tie a millstone around your neck and be thrown in the deepest sea. But instead, Lord, mercy triumphed over judgment. You showed mercy. You, you orchestrated events to bring him to salvation, to bring him to Jesus, to open his eyes, to understand the gospel. And now you've made him a trophy of your grace and a warrior, a warrior for the kingdom, a warrior on the side of truth, a warrior of love, and a warrior of truth, where he once was a warrior for the deception that comes from the pit. I want to thank you for that, Lord. I pray your blessing upon him and all of his work. I pray you'd greatly multiply his influence, greatly multiply his fruitfulness. I pray, Lord, that he would speak with authority and people would listen and, and beyond his wildest dreams because he has a message, I believe, from you. And we want to thank you, Lord, this morning also as we pray for our campuses. And I appreciate if we can't saturate the campuses with truth, at least we will seed them with the gospel, with the, the defense of your word, with the, with the defense of, of who you are and your goodness. We want to seed the campus. And we pray, Father, for, for this young, younger next generation, for many, many, many students to, to be saved. Your seed, Father, sometimes we acknowledge it falls on hard ground or rocky soil or thorny soil. How we pray it would also fall on good soil and it would bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit for you and that you'd raise up leaders, godly men and women, uh, influential men and women, dynamic Christians of this next generation. We pray for this. We thank you and we bless you. We love you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And again, you have a great St. Patrick's Day. And I'm reminded, just like he went back and made a difference in, in um, his country that he'd been freed from, Rich and I are going on that campus to make a difference for the Lord, going back where we, we came from. Shall we say he was on the other side? I never was. I, I never was on that side. But going back and... Um, advocating. And from this, we trust God was going to raise up a mighty host of men and women for, of God. Okay. God bless you. Hey, we're here every day. If this is your first time, welcome. So glad to have you along. I hope you do subscribe, hit the notify button. Join us every day. I'm here every day, 8.30 a.m. Or you can watch the, the video later or even download the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. And, and I, we believe you need the word of God, not just once a week, but every day. And if you're not getting it yourself, if you're not really feeding your own soul, or if you want the different encouragement, inspiration, and, and that, that you get here, come here every day. Your life will change. Be here every day for the next several months. Make a commitment. Be here when you can. Your life will change. I promise that not because of me, but I know there's power in the Word of God. So until we meet tomorrow, 8.30 a.m., I'll be here. But until then, God bless you keep you, make his face shine upon you, and fill you with his peace. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.